Ho, ho, ho to all of you all out there. It is the week of Christmas. Hope everybody out there is having a happy holiday season. Uh, today is the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable Crossover Holiday Bowl Season Edition uh, of all of these podcasts you're about to hear. Locked On Big 12, Locked On Cougars, Locked On Horned Frogs, Locked On Sooners, and potentially Locked On Pokes if Linda wants to play this. Uh, we've got a whole lot to talk about today. Transfers, bowl opt-outs, COVID's effect on uh, big bowl games and potentially the college football playoff and the NFL playoffs as well. All that to get to right after this. You are locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Neighbors, a Locked On Big 12 podcast to my right it is Jake Hatch of the Lockdown Cougars podcast. Below him, it is John Williams of the Lockdown Sooners podcast. And then to his left, below me, it is Stephen Simcox of the Lockdown Horn Frogs podcast. Gentlemen, it's good to see you all. Our colleague Linda Godfrey is uh, she is recovering right now from COVID. It sounds like so we hope she gets better and uh, you know as, as soon as possible. And much love to her. She's a very valued part of our Big Twelve family community. Uh, so Which guns up to her. Hope she, hope, yeah. Even John's doing the guns up. So the, you, you, wow. know, you, you know it's hey. big family stuff there. Yeah, Linda's Linda's good people. Yeah, she is good people, she so is. we hope she gets better. Uh, so uh, a few things to talk about tonight. Transfer quarterbacks, talk about the Big 12, COVID's impact on potentially the playoffs uh, in both college and pro football. But also, number one thing is bowl opt-outs. This seems to be the hot topic around most of college football right now because as we get deeper and deeper into bowl season uh, and, and these kind of more greater tier teams and you know, more uh, higher tier bowl games commence, there's a lot of conversation around should these players be opting out of bowl games or not. And I think the big example for a lot of us in the Big 12 country at least is Brees Hall, right? Iowa State running back. He elects not to play now – I think he's a bit of a special case because he had 800 carry, 800 touches, excuse me, in his three years at Iowa State. So um, I'm not sure he needs to put 25 more on the old, you know, ticker for uh, in the Cheez It Bowl to help us out. But, but I think the conversation here should be about what can bowls, schools, and sponsors do to make sure these guys are playing because I think it's been the conversation is is pretty clear to me, and you guys can disagree if you want to, I think the conversation is this. We don't like it as fans, as people who cover the sport, but we have to understand it because this is this kid's future, and we don't know what these kids uh, are needed for, depended on, from a family perspective. So we have to respect those decisions. So, Stephen, I'll go to you first. Um, do you feel the same way I do? And also, what do you think are some solutions that, that we can use to maybe fixing bowl opt-outs and incentivizing players to play? Yeah, I agree with you. I think a couple of things can be true simultaneously. One, obviously, I understand the desire to protect your uh, career earnings, to want to make sure you're healthy going into the NFL draft, um, all those things looking in the future. I get it. I have been pretty surprised. Like, I knew this was, this seemed to be a uh, kind of sky is falling scenario that people would throw out there when the playoffs started. 
I didn't think it would get to this point. And I'm not singling these guys out, but I think Brees Hall is a good example of, I mean, you think of Iowa State the last few years, you think of Brees probably first. I mean, maybe Brock Purdy, maybe somebody on their defense, but somebody who's so integral to that university, their success, um, not getting a chance to go out in a bowl game. Like Kenny Pickett at Pitt, at Pitt, which, you know, Pitt maybe having their best season in 30, 40 years, he's had an amazing career. He's opting out of a fairly big, like, New Year's Six Bowl game, um, and I understand it, but something has to be done. I, I don't know a great solution. You know, the first thing that came to mind for me was maybe some sort of with NIL in the mix now, maybe some sort of bowl bonus. Like, could you give these guys a stipend to play in this game? It's obviously not going to match the money they're going to make in the NFL, but maybe something that would give them some incentive to play. Um, expanding the playoff is on the table, but I don't think you can expand it so much that you're going to, you know, get to a point where this is not going to happen. I've just been surprised at how little these games, like, outside the playoff matter now. It really does feel like just glorified exhibitions. I know the fans still care. I know the ratings are still good. Like, we enjoy it. Bowl season, I think it's a good thing. Um, But it's dwindled a lot in its importance since the playoff has been instituted. And I've honestly been – uh, pretty shocked at that. But, yeah, aside from, like, monetary compensation, I don't really know what to do because I, I know John has an idea for, like, a, a bigger playoff, but I think that can only – I think that can only go so far. I just feel like there's limits there with how many teams you can factor in. Well, well, John, I mean, look, you've got ideas for playoff expansion, but <laughs> but I think at least the idea of 12 does expand this because Oklahoma played the type of game that got ruined by this last year, right? Florida was decimated. Um, last year – Sam Howell got a taste of what this year's offense would look like in the game against AM because nobody on his team played. I mean, it was, you know, I think you totaled up, it was like over 4,800 yards of offense and 20 some touchdowns. Uh, you know, I think actually more than that on the air and in the ground decided not to play in that game in the Orange Bowl. So I think playoff expansion fixes is number one just because there's more games, bigger teams playing. But do you have any ideas outside of that to kind of ameliorate this problem? I think, first of all, I think we have to probably kind of recalibrate expectations a little bit. You know, outside of kind of the big bowl games, you know, before the playoff even, how much did the bowls really matter outside of the top five teams that were playing in those bowls? You know, like before even the BCS, unless you were a top five team, the bowl games really didn't matter much because you weren't really going to contend for a national title otherwise. And so, I mean, I've always kind of felt this way, like that the bowl games are very much an exhibition. Now, I think a lot of this changed when Jalen Smith hurt himself in the Fiesta Bowl, blew out his Mm -hmm. ACL. He was a top 10 consensus pick. And Jake bought the Orange Bowl against uh, against Florida State, too. Exactly, yeah. They, you know, both of those guys, you know, Jake Butt was looking at like being a top or a first round pick as a tight end, which is pretty rare. Jalen Smith going inside the top 10. And then he falls out of the second round and kind of his career has never been the same since the knee injury. Uh, And so I kind of get where these guys are coming from. If you're playing in the Alamo bowl, if you're Nick Bonito from Oklahoma playing in the Alamo bowl, I mean, how much more tape do you need to put on film for NFL scouts? You really don't. You've got two years plus of really, really solid play. The Alamo bowl isn't really going to help your draft stock at this point. It's all about testing and numbers. Same for Brees Hall. I mean, we know what Brees Hall is at this point. He doesn't need another bowl game to enhance his draft stock. And that's that's one thing I kind of disagree with Bob Stoops on, which is going to not you know bode well with my my listeners uh, to disagree with the legend. But you know these some of these guys they don't need the tape. 
Some of these guys do, but you know, a Perion Winfrey, a Jalen Redmond, and Isaiah Thomas, and Nick Bonito, they don't really need the tape. They've they've produced one bowl game, and in this kind of a setting, isn't really going to matter much. I think Stevens on on point really that you got to incentivize it with all the sponsors that go into bowls, whether it's the bowl sponsor itself, the advertisers, the networks. I mean, there's definitely a way that they can NIL incentivize this to offer bowl bonuses, especially to the star players, because everybody is going to be vested in this, whether it's the network or the sponsor, they're going to be able to come up with a chunk of change that might be able to convince a guy like Brees Hall to come play in this game. And even if he's not even getting a full workload, you know, Brees Hall plays Matt Campbell to say, hey, listen, just play in the game. I'm going to give you like 10 touches and then we're going to sit you down. And, and just kind of go from there. Like it, it can be kind of a handshake deal. It allows the bowl and the sponsors to still get the, the, the juice from advertising Brees Hall's playing in this game. And Brees Hall doesn't necessarily fully risk himself. I don't know. It, it is kind of a weird situation, you know, and I do get where a lot of the coaches are coming from and the fans are coming from in that, like you've been with the team all year and then all of a sudden you're not going to play. It, it is kind of, it's the same thing I kind of gave Quinn Ewers crap about for you know opting out of his senior season of high school uh, to go to Ohio State. It's the same kind of deal. And so I, I get um, the frustration. And, yeah, I, I would love to see these guys play one more time. But with NFL on, on the horizon and potentially a top 100 pick like Nick Bonito, I, I can get why he's not willing to put himself at risk for, for the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, Jake, I want to ask you because, I mean, you had a bowl game this past week. You know, where most guys played, and I, th- I thought the early season, the early season bowl stuff has been is pretty good. And I actually, I haven't really enjoyed the games. Um, you know, what's the kind of way we can get more of that, you know, in, in the, as we move forward and there's more power five teams involved? I think every guy is going to have to just kind of weigh what they consider for their future. There were actually a lot of people debating if Tyler Algier, BYU standout running back, should sit out this bowl game that he played in. But he went out and set the program record, his single season record, rushing record in that game. And he's taken the most carries a BYU running back has taken in a single season. He also set the rushing record. So a lot of good things came out of it. But trust me, that debate was out there. Does, should he sit out this bowl game? I'm with both Steven and all of you guys just saying that the the situation is I don't think there's a perfect solution to get these guys to play bowl games. They've got to weigh their future and their potential in the NFL versus what the immediate impact is. I just really think it comes down to each person's personal motivation. A guy like Tyler Algier, now the debate right now is if he comes back for another year in a BYU uniform. I'm advocating for him to jump to the NFL, but – there are strong indications that he's actually seriously considering coming back to BYU for what would be his junior year. I, I don't know. So I, I see, I see the merits on both sides of it. I just think the individual person has to weigh the, the benefits versus the risk because the Jalen Smith and Jake Butt situations, those are absolutely things that they have to be wary of because you get an injury like that. It's going to absolutely hamper your draft stock. So Man, I, I wish there was a simple solution to all of this, but maybe it is financial. Maybe it simply is put, if you play this game, we pay you this much. Well, yeah, and I think that's where, the to me, the sponsor has to come up big. I mean, yeah. we've got a New Year's Six Bowl game with Kenny Pickett and uh, Kenneth Walker. The sponsor has to be able to come to the table and say, look, we'll offer you a $100,000 NIL contract, or, you know, maybe even one that extends into their pro career as well, right? Two-year deal worth this much money, and you and we'll offer you this much, 
and you can do a commercial for us for the bowl game or whatever else you want to do. It can be worked out to play. And at that part, you know, I think this, this will appeal to a lot of fans. The free market can take over, right? If the if Cheez-Its wants to offer Brees Hall a certain amount of money to play, he can take it or leave and say, you know what? $50,000 is really nice, but the risk for me as a running back in a position where you only get so many carries in your lifetime, unless you're Frank Gore or Adrian Peterson, apparently, uh, you only get so many carries in your lifetime, right? So will I take the 50K and bet on myself and, and think, hey, I'll stay healthy here? Or am I going to go ahead and just say, you know what, I'm okay. I'm going to go ahead and go to the draft and make that money. I think it's interesting because I've heard some complaining recently about guys who are third or fourth or fifth round picks potentially, you know, day two, thought to be day two, day three guys. And and we're not 100% sure on that stuff yet. The senior bowl hasn't happened and NFL scouts haven't dug into that tape yet. But I think the risk for them is higher. Like if Matt Corral got hurt in the Sugar Bowl – I still think he's probably a first, second round pick, you know, and, and this year's quarterback class is considerably weak. You know, think about a year ago or two years ago, like if Zach Wilson got hurt in the bowl game, I still think he's a first round pick because of, because of the value that, that he gives, you know, gives certain teams. So yeah, uh, go ahead. That, go ahead, Jake. Yeah. yeah. To that point, the, the, there are positions of value running backs, right. not valued. They're devalued right now. Do not the- play. <laughs> Do not do it, boys. So I, I guess it just it depends on the position you're playing. It, it, it's simply put, it's the position you play, and you have to weigh that. Yeah, I was just going to second what you were saying about the quarterback position. You, you saw Sam Bradford get hurt you know, early on in his final season at Oklahoma and Against still go on to Shut it, Jake. <laughs> shut it. Hey, by the way, uh, shout out to the uh, Oklahoma women's ba- uh, basketball team knocking off the number 16 ranked BYU Cougars last week. Uh, and and they beat Utah today. So the women are the queens of Utah. Um, no. Anyway, uh, but yeah, still went on to be the number one overall pick in the in his draft uh, that year. And so I think quarterback is one of those positions where Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, they could risk it and still end up being you know first round draft picks. Some of these other guys, it, it's it's not so sure. Yeah, Stephen, go ahead. Yeah, heck of a pick by the Rams getting Sam Bradford for all that money. Um, <laughs> the, He's I like think, the reason they changed the, the, the rookie structure, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it is the reason. Shout out um, to Sam. He's a good guy. He got paid. Good, dude. He got paid. Good for him. I think, uh, you know, back to John's point that he made earlier, I do feel like I, I agree with you. Like, he's right. A lot of these games, even in the BCS era, it was just the difference between being like eight and four and seven and five or whatever. I feel like where we're missing the juice when we talk about bowl season is the New Year's Six cycle that Josh was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Like, we had the one BCS game, but then, you know, I felt like from a national perspective, we still talked about the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Like, there's a lot of buildup to it. We discussed it for weeks on end. And maybe I'm just missing that, but I don't sense that anymore. Like, I really think it's all about, you know, the playoff. And people still enjoy watching these games, but we're not really anticipating it or breaking it down like we used to four or five years ago. And I, I don't know how to get that back without well, these And, and the Rose Bowl feels a bit protected, but I actually don't know how much longer it will be. Like, what? are you guys getting the same sense? Because, like, this is the year that would test it, right? Because you got Olave. I don't know what year Garrett Wilson is. Um, I always forget what's the tight end kid's name. The kid's awesome. Rucker. Rucker. Jeremy Rucker. Like, this, you know, that's going to start slipping, right? I mean, because Ohio State as a team is a perfect test case, right? You play the Michigan game, you lose, and that's when you come up short. And so you're kind of wondering, hey, how do we proceed? Is it really worth playing the game against, 
Utah, who had an awesome season there towards the end, but like, what the hell am I going to prove in a game against Utah if you Chris Olave? And I want to see these games. I loved watching you know TCU's win uh, against against Wisconsin. It was a is a I mean you could argue in some ways it's a watershed moment for P uh, for G five football for their program's history, right? Those things come into effect, and it's weird because the BCS with two teams felt so exclusive to where it's like, well, we should play these games because like this stuff still matters. We doubled it to four, which still isn't very much, but it feels like the value has dropped some of these games, and I think. Uh, I'm hold on. Let me let me go double check here for the 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 see the, the pit game. The pit Michigan State is which game? That is uh, Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Peach okay, Bowl, yeah. So we've got a sponsor who we all know. Uh, that is a private company. They could have gone public anytime they wanted to and be fine. They make so much money privately they don't have to. So there is a there is a perfect example of a sponsor who could be like, look, look, Kenneth, uh, Kenny. Actually, ironically, but they're the same names. Uh, Fellas, what can we do to make sure you guys are involved for life? You know, and John, I thought of that today because, like, here's the thing. Now, it might not be a hundred thousand dollar whatever, but like Chick Fil A for life is not a not an invaluable proposition. Like, it, let's just say you go broke, you could theoretically go to Chick Fil A and eat, and not have to like you could, like your entire family could go and eat as well yeah. too. Like, you can go and feed you and your family with that kind of thing. I know it's probably not likely, but like that, that is something they could offer. They also have the money to do it. So to me, you know, this is a situation where this stuff could be rectified. It, it could be rectified in some way, shape or form. And look, if a te- if a company like Chick-fil-A said, Hey, Kenny, 50 K Kenneth, 50 K to play in this game. And also I'm not too worried about the situation where coaches like, look, you're playing, but only 10 K, you know, like you talked about John, I think, if a kid's in, a kid's in. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, yeah. Brees, look, if you're playing, you're playing. All right. We're not, we're not doing the, you know, we're not doing any kind of garbage. If Kenny Pickett's playing also too, Kenny Pickett's playing. So I think it's a situation where this could be fixed. A sponsor to pony up. But hey, look, man, that's free market. That, that, that's that's some capitalism right there. You want these kids in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl? Pay up. Pony up, Chick-fil-A. I'm totally fine with this. Yeah. I think so. I think that's the way, I mean, college football is at this point. And, you know, the, the sponsors and the bowls and, and the NCAA and the schools have been banking off these kids playing for, for free for so long. Now's the time. And, and just one more kind of point on the, on the bowl system. I think you look at the Rose Bowl as, I think, the perfect example of where college football has gone. You know, back in the 90s, it was the best Pac-10 team, the best Big Ten team. And that game meant it was, it was significant. Um, you know, now it's like, it's not the best big 10 team because the best big 10 teams go into the playoff and the pac 12 is a little bit diminished at the moment. And so it's lost a little bit of its luster because it's having these, these big time bowl games that were once um, unique. They're having to share their teams now with the college football playoff, which then diminishes the bowl system. So let's just get rid of the playoff and the BCS altogether and just go back to the old bowl system. I think that's the answer. I just want to say I'll, I will take free Chick Fil A for life if somebody's yes. offering. Yes, yeah. so, so I think we all would. Please do. Uh, I, also, I think I, I think this also helps the playoff expansion argument. I, I just think mm-hmm. you know, twelve. Look, like people 12. can say, "Oh, the outcome's the same." I, I don't actually care at this point anymore. I, I'm aware of that. Like 
but how about we just get more good teams involved? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. get more teams that had nice – and also this year too, it feels like a year somebody can get hot and do something. I mean, you know, I, th- I think the invincible team this year was Georgia, and Georgia got tested by a team that got offense, and it's like, oh, shit, we have Stetson Bennett playing quarterback. This probably going to work out like we thought it would. So like th- th- this is a perfect example for why, you know, the, the expansion's good. All right, couple sponsors here. Let's talk about some of our friends this holiday season. Prize picks. If you want overs, unders on bowl games or college basketball, best place to do it right now is prize picks. Download the app, available in most states. If you want over, under on Mike Miles points, the over's a good bet, Stephen. Mike Miles killing it right now for TCU hoops. That's the place to go. Over on Spencer Sanders interceptions, always live. We're going to keep hitting that one until he has a nice game. Uh, you can go to prize picks, download it, available. Actually, that was unfair. Lynn does not hear. Uh, available in most states, prize picks is promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N locked on. You'll receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks today. So, once again, download that prize picks app right now. Once again, available in most states. Also, our friends at NetSuite, you heard me use the putting analogy with the hat, the Santa hat falls, falls over your eyes. You can't see anymore. Uh, do not run your business like that. Over 28,000 businesses have already switched to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite has the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Head to netsuite.com slash locked, locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, locked. It's new, it's new, so it's not locked on anymore or locked on NCA. It's just locked, L-O-C-K-E-D, for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, netsuite.com slash locked. All right, so uh, Big 12 transfer news Adrian Martinez to to, uh, Kansas State. And then also we've got Casey Thompson available. John, I'm going to go to you first on this because I think the domino to fall, and we'll get to Adrian Martinez in a second, but the domino to fall to kind of affect the rest of the transfer market is Caleb Williams because I think there's a few things here. Gay Biker pointed this out the other day. I've been working with him recently. Um, Dylan Gabriel is committed to UCLA. He has not signed. Casey Thompson has multiple Oklahoma ties. I think Caleb Williams' decision is the next domino to drop, and I think it's going to come relatively soon because I think a lot of these kids want to get enrolled before the uh, winter slash spring semester. Do you agree with that assessment? Is that the next domino to fall? Yeah, honestly, I was a little bit surprised to see as much quarterback movement as we have so far, but I guess it's it's places that we know Caleb Williams won't end up, South Carolina, Kansas State, places like that. And you know, I, I it wouldn't like I wouldn't pull US UCLA off the table, USC off the table, any of it. I mean, all indications seem to kind of have me leaning toward Caleb Williams staying. Mm-hmm. Um, no news is kind of good news, I think on that front. Um, talked about it a little bit in the the locked on college you know group chat a little you know why would he play in the bowl game with the Sooners if he was considering transferring um, you know there's there's a lot of teammate loyalty that that goes into play there uh, but he's not really a guy that would have to go and prove anything to anybody I, I think most people 
think of him as a good teammate. But I feel like that's kind of the way I'm leaning right now is that he's going to stay. Um, but you never know, man, these college kids and, you know, they have a lot of people speaking into their lives and, and his parents are, are real wise. They, they make informed decisions too. And so um, I wouldn't necessarily put it past him to, to move on, but I think with Jeff Levy coming on board, just the way he was able to kind of get the best out of Matt Corral uh, over at Ole Miss, I think that's going to benefit him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Matt Corral rushing for 13 touchdowns this season. Uh, I think it was 13, maybe it was 11. I can't remember. Um, but you know, like Jeff, Levy the ground. Have, yeah, the ground. Yeah. Jeff Levy would have to be like licking his chops with a guy like Caleb Williams rushing the football. So obviously I hope he stays. I think he's going to stay. Uh, you know, I think some of the things that he's been doing, been up to, um, on campus with his teammates, um, kind of has me leaning that way. But again, a lot could change in the next, you know, 10 days or so. Every day is there is one more day for Brent Venables and Jeff Levy to make that pitch. But also we saw the way that Lincoln Riley said, I will not be the next LSU head coach and I'm going to USC. Yeah. So you never know. I think it's really funny. The three options for him that feel likely uh, USC, right? Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Obviously. So so left coast, Oklahoma, middle of the country where he currently is. Or there's a certain Big Ten team on the East Coast that is uh, just a rock's throw away from where he went to high school that Mike Loxley, I'm sure, would love to have him there. So those three to me feel like some some options. Maybe Ole Miss, right? Uh, you know, go see Lane Kiffin. But I'm not sure if you'd want to go there, but considering that from all indications, it sounds like Jeff Levy really was the one that had a connection with Matt Corral. So Lane Kiffin's good coach, obviously, for offense too. But Jeff Levy, by all accounts, had that connection with Matt Corral. So I, I think that's super interesting as well. But he is the next domino. Steven, I'm going to you here on this. You talked about, hey, could Casey Thompson be a guy for TCU? But going through all the Big 12 quarterback situations next year, I mean, Max Duggan at TCU is one of the more solid ones because there's a lot of uncertainty around the conference. There is. And, I mean, here's where I'm at with the Casey Thompson thing. Like, I think he's talented. I feel like, obviously, Sonny Dykes has done a good job with quarterbacks. But, you know, Steve Sarkeesian – is a really good coach when it comes to evaluating, developing QBs. And Casey was really inconsistent last year, and I was dealing with a thumb injury. I know there were some issues around, you know, that program, that team. But I just didn't see him really pop. And I'm at the point with the quarterback situation at TCU where if you're going to bring a transfer in, I need it to be somebody who is head and shoulders above the two guys on the roster right now, Max Duggan and Chandler Morris, so there's really no debate. Like, the guy that's coming in needs to be the dude from the moment he sits on campus. And I don't think Casey Thompson's that guy. I think he's a guy that could make these other dudes compete. I feel like he could add some depth. I don't really feel like he's the type of player that immediately takes the reins of that job. Um, you know, the Max Duggan debate to me is sort of like the LeBron-MJ debate or, you know, the the Tony Romo discourse at the height of you know his time with the Cowboys it's just boring to me like nobody's going to change their mind about it I think he's right. limited at certain points you know he, like he's a he's tough he's gritty he can run he struggles to throw the ball deep down the field they've asked him to do that for two and a half years I don't know why um, I'm hopeful that Sunday Dykes will change that Chandler Morris a lot of people are excited about him and I think he could be good but it feels to me like one time in little league. Um, my first at bat, like when guys were throwing to me, I hit the ball and I had no idea how I did it. And everybody thought I was going to be like a great hitter. And then I never really was ever again. Uh, he had one really good game at Baylor. I just feel like we need to pump the brakes a little bit. 
small sample size. Like I, I think he could be very good, but you know, let's just see what happens in the offseason. Let's see what happens if he ends up playing some more games. But I don't think Casey Thompson ends up at TCU. I feel like that's an option. I could see them taking um, a QB, but the problem is like all these guys have come off the market pretty fast. Like we still don't really know what he mentioned Dylan Gabriel, Josh, like I know he is committed to UCLA. Um, the only intriguing option to me is like Cam Ward and Incarnate Word. And I know he's got a lot of different schools that he's looking at. So spicy. I but think it's like, a spicy option, Cam Ward is. But I just, I mean, I don't know a lot about him. Like, God bless the kid, but it was down there in San Antonio. Like, it's Incarnate Word. I just, I don't know. He's got great size. He's got great physical ability. I'm not sure about him stepping into Power 5 school and starting immediately. But I understand that he's a hot commodity right now. So, I think the most likely thing is that they kind of stay put and try to make do with what they have. Um, but I wouldn't be totally against taking them in a transfer QB. I just – I feel like for the sake of the team, it needs to be somebody who it's pretty obvious, like this is the dude, so that if Max Duggan wants to hit the transfer portal, he can. Or, you know, if, if those other two guys are fine being backup options. But you need to have a clear direction going into the season. Uh, Jake, which which transfer QB story has been most intriguing to you? I mean, Bonix to Auburn or Bonix to Auburn, Bonix to Oregon stands out to me. Is there anything yeah. else that it kind of piques your interest? I, I've got interest in Adrian Martinez, the Kansas State deal, because yes. we saw him in Nebraska. He is the all-time offensive leader for Nebraska in program history. He put up over ten thousand yards. I do wonder what he will do. He's got. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's only got the one season in Manhattan. Is that right? Uh, I. He's got one here because he's he's been around forever. I was going to say, he's been around forever. So he's got one for one, and he's got to make it count. So I just thought Kansas State was kind of a curious place for him to land because he's a California kid. I thought he might go more towards the West Coast in terms of his next destination. But some intriguing things that could happen there with the the lineup they've got there with the Wildcats. I'm just intrigued to see how he does with a new, I guess, supporting cast around him. Yeah, quick word from our sponsors here. So I, I want to pitch this around the table here about that that move. It felt very curious to me, and I'll tell you guys why. Uh, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports action needs. Football, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, MMA, boxing, Vegas casino games. Got it all there. Promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. Receive a 50% deposit bonus today upon sign-up. So you deposit 100 bucks. You have an extra 50, 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Also, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built.com. Built Bar, best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. It is great. Tastes like candy bar, but it's better for you than a candy bar. And plenty of flavors available today. Mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, double chocolate. Cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie as well. All those are available. Built Bar gives you extra fuel. They also have their Built Go and their Built Boost out there. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 for 15% off. Today, once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Okay, so uh, so not sure if you guys know this. Um, like Middle of the season – Martinez had 18 fumbles through 34 starts. I don't know if all those were lost, but I kind of tracked it towards the end of the season, and he had 20 fumbles total 
in 39 career starts. Did not lose those last two, but he had two more fumbles the rest of the season. Also threw a lot of picks. So I was talking about this today with, with a couple people, Dusty, maybe Dusty Voracek, and I, I said, this is a bad fit to me because Kansas State last year had the slowest pace. So what could hurt a team with a bad pace? How about a quarterback who squanders your possessions, your limited possessions, with turnovers? That was my thought. His thought was, well, it's less possessions to turn the ball over, which I also thought was an interesting counterpoint. So, Stephen, I'll go to you first. Actually, Jake, actually I'll kick it to Jake because, Jake, you brought it up. So I'll go to you first. Do you see it one way? Do you see it the other way? Or do you see it somewhere in the middle? Because you did think this was a curious move. Well, okay, so in the state of Utah here, we've got three FBS programs, and I know all the head coaches here, and they preach more than anything else ball security, taking care of the football. And you, you cannot squander those possessions. You, you give the ball away, the metrics say you're going to lose more games than you're going to win. We've all seen what Adrian Martinez and Nebraska have been through over the past four or five years that he's been there. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of on your side. He, he needs to take care of that football. You cannot give it away. Maybe Chris Kleiman could coach it into him, but I'm not I'm not one to think that after four years of seeing this, it's all of a sudden gonna go away, turn over problem. John, what do you think? Well, I think that's that's the key, right? Can Chris Kleiman, you know, a have him adjust some of that ball security? I think it's gonna be playing for a more talented team, and that's gonna help. I think you know, we saw a little bit of the the formula for a guy like Adrian Martinez when Will Howard was the starting quarterback. Just don't let him throw the football. <laughs> you know, teach him, teach him how to hold on to it. Don't let him throw it very much. You use a lot of read option with Deuce Vaughn and just control the clock and run the football. And Adrian Martinez is fantastic at that. So I think if, you know, I, I think Chris Kleiman is a guy that can make it work and make Kansas state really competitive. That was not a match I was expecting. And it's not a match I like because Kansas state's been a thorn in Oklahoma senior side the last couple of years. They, they were able to win this one. Uh, but still like, Chris Kleiman with a solid quarterback that can run the football really, really well makes me a little bit nervous for the Oklahoma Sooners. So, Stephen, I'll pitch it to, to you on this. And are you kind of feeling the same way I was about the turnovers? Because this is a team that felt like Skyward Thompson was tabbed because they, they, they trusted him as the veteran guy. Uh, also, the worrying thing for me is – uh, career high interceptions this year, and I'll, I'll give you guys a comp. Spencer Spencer Sanders was not like excellent by any means, but they won a lot of games this year, and he was not great. But he also like kind of managed their way, game managed their way to a bunch of wins. Um, Adrian Martinez a lot of times felt like he cost his team some wins this year for Nebraska, a lot of times, and so it's it, it's a thin margin sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know. He's been on the wrong side of it too often for my liking. Well, and my question, too, is I think the turnover situation, yeah, it's going to hurt them because I feel like he's going to turn it over at a similar rate and they're going to have less opportunities at the football. But my other – the other thing kicking around in my mind is does this take them away? Because he's he's more dynamic. I thought Skylar Thompson was kind of underrated. Like, he did what they asked him to do. He ran the football, he handed the ball off, and he could make some big throws when he needed to does this take them to a place where they're trying to make more big plays, throw the football more because there's just a little more cachet with Martinez. He's known as sort of a dude that can make things happen off schedule. And then do you get away from getting the football to Dusan, which has been your best offense for the last two seasons? 
Um, I agree. I think it's a weird fit. Like K-State's a team that just kind of sits on people. You know, they have efficient drives here and there, but mainly it's about defense and keeping the ball away from the opponent. And that doesn't seem to jive with Martinez. But if you can, like, if you can find a way to rein him in, I think it could work. Um, And Sanders might be a good comp. Like maybe this is a guy that can get you to a big game, but can't necessarily win you a big game because you're going to need him to make plays and you can't have those back-breaking interceptions. I mean, in the Big 12 title game, like, they gave Baylor points. Like, they just handed them points, and that ultimately cost them um, from getting it done. All right. So, yeah, I mean, anybody else have anything on, on transfer quarterbacks here before we kind of put this one to bed? Anybody else? I was just going to say the Bo Nix deal, I, I am interested because it's out this way in Pac-12. Yeah, it is curious. Bo Nix Oregon's just the place where it all started for him, right? Remember that game, the comeback, obviously? Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Dan Lanning taking over. Uh, he's trying to take a, an SEC type of mentality, I think, to Oregon, but I, I am interested to see how that all works out. A first-year head coach with a transfer uh, senior quarterback incoming, and they they have pretty highly rated five-star prospect as well in the wings as well at quarterback. So should be interesting in Eugene. Yeah, Ty Thompson, is, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? It yep. feels like he's been shelved. For Anthony Brown first, and maybe for Bo Nix now, it kind of seems odd. All right, everybody, plug your podcast stuff. We're going to do one more quick video after this. We've got some COVID stuff to talk about. Uh, so we'll we'll cut it off here, and we'll do one more. Steven, plug your business. Lockdown Horn Frogs is a pod. I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show is at Lockdown TCU. And one more transfer quarterback note. I don't expect this guy to do anything – but I saw Charlie Brewers going to Liberty, and he somehow still has college eligibility, which is kind of hilarious. Didn't work out for him in Utah, Jake, as you know. But uh, he's giving it another go at, with Hugh Freeze at Liberty, apparently. But former Big 12-er Cam Rising got it done at Utah. So there you go. There's the connection. Yeah. John, go ahead and plug your business as well. Yeah, Locked On Sooners on Twitter, at Locked On Sooners, and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube, Locked On Sooners. Hey, under 20 subscribers away from 1,000, so make sure you go subscribe to the show. Uh, Jake Hatch. Uh, Locked On Cougars, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's free and available like all of our podcasts are on any podcast provider out there. Just search Locked On Cougars. If you want my own uh twitter feed if you want my own thoughts on sports you can follow me jacob c hatch is the handle all right you can find me on twitter at josh neighbors underscore you can find the show at lo big 12 on twitter you can find us every get your podcast and on youtube also awesome stuff my friends also one more video coming up extra if you're interested to hear our takes about hey how covid impact the playoffs in both nfl and pro